Before we jump into today's conversation, let's take a moment to acknowledge our amazing sponsor, the Academy of Therapy Wisdom. Oh my gosh, we love this platform. They're the place I go now for all my CEUs. Stay tuned for a special offer at the end of the show. Please join us for our next live online workshop, Integrating Mind and Heart, April 3rd through 6th of 2024. This is an experiential, active workshop designed to engage you in brain states that promote relational learning. If you want to get closer, say the things that usually go unspoken and trust each other and yourself to get through the hard moments. This is the workshop for you. Go to whydoesmypartner.com to learn more and register. Welcome to the Why Doesn't My Partner podcast. I'm Jules. I'm Vicki. And I'm Rebecca. We're your hosts. We're also couples therapists and messy humans bumbling through our own relationships every day. We met through our training and practice of relational life therapy. Between us, we have more than 40 years of experience holding hard relational questions with our clients. We're going to bring those questions here. And together, we're going to take a stab at answering those questions. This podcast is not a substitute for therapy. If something you hear in this episode stirs something deep within you about your relationship, reach out to a couples therapist in your area. We also love to hear your questions, so don't forget to go over to whydoesmypartner.com and leave us a question of your own. Here's today's question. Why isn't my partner the same as when I met them? Oh my God, I love those questions. Because they were were wooing you. (laughs) Well, yeah, there's that. And you got wooed. It it, it worked. It worked. True, true. Yeah. I, I also... I don't know. We grow, we mature, right? Like, like I am not the same person I was when I met my partner, not at all. And I'm so grateful for that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there are moments throughout, I'm thinking my personal partnership right now, but there are moments where you're going to change in a way that looks like growth. And there are going to be moments where you're going to change in a way that looks like not growth. So I'm thinking about like, like when we had our baby, we have one child. She was a high need kid. She still is. And, and there's lots of fun in that and great in that. And oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Our marriage didn't have a lot of time for it. (laughs) Our marriage suddenly, like, was I showing up in the kind of way I had prior to child? And did that look really relationally supportive all the time? You know what? It did not. And so (laughs) I'm thinking about there's one thing you can count on in this life, only one thing. No, not, no, that's not true. I guess there are three things because they're death (laughs) and taxes. Um, There's one other thing that is more important than either of those other two. And that is change. I was just going to say, I've been listening to Jules enough that that answer is change. That answer is change. Yes, exactly. So change is the only thing that's inevitable. So are we the same person or do people change? Like that answer is easy. You're going to change and a lot. And you're not going to know it half the time. Mm Mm-hmm. And it doesn't look like change moment to moment as much, but are you going to change like over a lifetime? Like the research is in on this, actually. It's really solid. 
we we're lucky because we have some countries on this planet that do a lot of sociological study of their peoples. Not so much in the U.S., but but when you look at like big healthcare places and like the people people who have these kind of systems, um, we have some really solid data on this. You can give a personality test and you can give it throughout the lifespan, and people cannot figure out who's who in blind, oh, blind comparison. You cannot okay. match it. Why? Because the people are changing so much that there is no way over a 10 year period. So these, they split these things 10 years apart. So if you gave mm-hmm. one year to year, you'd be able to match it. Yeah, 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 totally. But if, if you look at somebody at the age 40 and somebody at age 50, they're not, you're not going to be able to code them as the same human. So what's coming to my mind is Esther Perel's quote of everyone gets two to three marriages in their lifetime. Mm-hmm. And if you're lucky, they're with the same person. Exactly. Because we're on our at least second or third. It is the same person. It but is we are not person. the same people we were 15 years ago. Yeah, I don't know if it's exactly. second or third, but we're definitely on our second or third marriage. Oh, yeah. And you're going to have another quote. couple before you're done. Yeah, exactly. On this mm-hmm. earth. Yeah, totally. And and so, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Well, I, I'm, I'm, you know, speaking of quotes, I'm, I'm going to quote Octavia Butler. All that you touch, you change. All that you change changes you. The only lasting truth is change. I love that. Totally. And you know, there's this, there's a lovely study. It's a sociological study and they go through these people and they're asking the same. So it's a longevity study. They're tracking the same humans. And they ask this human at 40, how, if they're different than they were at 30 Hmm. and the person at 40 says, yeah, man, I'm super different. But now that I finally know myself, I feel like I've landed. You track that person at 50 and you ask them the same exact question. They go, yeah, when I was 40, I really didn't know what I was doing, but now I've really come into myself. Now that I finally know myself, I feel like, yes, this is it. And you ask them at 60, guess what happens? Same, same, same. same. (laughs) So, so the truth is that Octavia Butler is right. I'm, I'm thinking, have you, what is it? The Harvard, the Harvard, that long, longitudinal study. It's like one of the longest studies of, of men, of mm-hmm. white affluent men, but yes. of men, um, the, that Harvard study, one of the big things I got from reading about it was that over the lifetime, as they track these, these people, what they really find is one of the things that changes people is relationship. Yes. And relationship not only changes people, but also changes their relationship to their memories. Yes. Uh, Yeah. I knew that. I had not heard of that study. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what we're saying then is of course your partner is different than when you met them because one change is the only constant and two, because they're in relationship with you. And so they've changed. I've ruined You've changed them. You haven't ruined them, but you know, you're, you're like the, what is it, Jules? It's the rivers and the rain, right? You right, right. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So here's my metaphor for how it works neurologically. So there's, there's a lot of neuroscience behind what I'm about to say, but the metaphor makes it easy to understand. So here's my metaphor for it. So the self is actually a thing that's true and real and exists, but it's also in a flow. So it's changing constantly moment to moment. So think of the self instead of like a fixed, like solid thing, think of it like a river. Now the river is a real thing. The river actually exists, 
And when I stand at the edge of the valley and I look down at the valley and I look at that river, I could look at it and go, yep, that's a thing. That's a thing that exists. And there it is. And then I could come back 20 years later and the banks of that river would change. But if I came back tomorrow, it would look like exactly the same river. And if you want to know how this happens, all you got to do is walk all the way down and stick your hand in the flow of the river. And what you will see is that this river is in constant motion and that that energy and information flow that we're calling water for now, right, is in motion through the mind and is becoming itself every moment, every moment, every moment, a new moment, right? And and over 20 years, all that flow is going to change that. And what you listen to, like us right now, for example, is rain falling into your river. And what kind of environment do you create for yourself? What kind of rain? What kind of drought? What kind of, what kind of space do you want your river to inhabit? Well, man, what you listen to, who you interact with, it changes you. We are what we consume. Yeah, so we can have a, an enormous amount of, of, of influence over how those riverbanks move based on what rain we ask to come in. And so when we're with our partners, these long-term people that we see day in, day out, day in, day out, in these five-minute little interchanges, man, we're in this amazing space where we can create this relationship that is, according to the Harvard study, going to change us in dramatic ways, which is not incorrect. It's exactly right. We could create a space that rains on our river in a way that helps it stay really healthy and shift in ways that we actually could grow more or could chill more or have peace more. Have you guys seen, like I have a little internal jumping up and down right now. Have you guys seen the live action movie, um, The Jungle Book? No. No. Okay. Okay. So you need to. Um, okay. Really good movie. And totally going to ruin it. So oh, shoot. <laughs> spoiler alert, spoiler alert. So, um, because there's something about a river at the end, that's why and it is a spoiler alert. Sorry that, um, there's a fire going and there's Go a watch river this bank. Movie. I'm going to read it for you before you do. <laughs> I don't, don't want to stop talking now. I'm so excited. <laughs> and all the animals are working together. And in this last scene, it's not the last scene of the movie, but it's near the end. The elephants are tipping over trees and moving other foliage around to shift the the um, trajectory of the river mm-hmm. to get the fire to be put out. Yeah. So, Jules, I'm hearing your we story. And I'm that. thinking it's not just rain. It's every bit of our environment is going to shift everything that flow and so how it I- all goes together. Totally. This is why I'm thoughtful about what I'm looking at on social media. Yeah. This is why I'm thoughtful about so who true. I'm surrounding myself with and yeah. what books I'm reading. And, and do I want um, this kind of um, energy to enter into this flow that's yeah. constantly becoming itself? So can we talk I'm just about- sitting, I'm just yeah, sitting yeah. with those words, those last words. That's constantly becoming itself. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. 
So can I tell you a cool thing that we can put into our rivers that helps a lot? Yes. Yes. Okay. So this, this lady Mel Robbins is a motivational speaker. And I heard about this from her, but when I heard about it and I I read her book, by the way, and it's a lovely book. I I like it a lot. Um, And the signs I'm about to tell you is not in her book. Cause I heard her say this thing and I went, <gasps> you know why that's going to work. Oh my gosh. I was so Cause that's the way Jules's brain works. <laughs> <laughs> because Jules it's even cooler. It's, it's so good what she said. And it's even cooler than what she said. Okay. So she calls it the high five habit. And here's all it is, is wake up in the morning and go to the mirror and high five yourself in the mirror. And now, what does a high five mean, ladies? You're awesome. Well done. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> this. You we, can do I was hard just things. Say, like we agree with something. Yeah. Like yeah. we're on the same page. Same page. Um, it's all about courage. It's about working hard. It's about you're amazing. It's about I see you. It's about having each other's back. It's about totally. Yeah. Guess which part of you knows that? It's like your shoulder and your wrist and your hand. <laughs> So there's this part of the brain called the basal ganglia uh, that sits right in the middle of your brain and it's in charge of psychomotor movement. So when there's a movement that has a psychological meaning behind it, the basal ganglia is in charge of creating that. So what's really cool, a little cool thing you could rain on your river, start it tomorrow, is you could look at yourself in the mirror and before you even have a thought, you can give yourself a high five. And what you're going to do is you're going to lock that psychomotor movement knowing to your face. What? And even better than that, this part of your brain has a ton of exchange of energy with something called your default mode network, which is all day, all day long when you're not actually doing something going, how am I doing? Who are you? Do people like you? Are you okay? Just like hanging out, wondering how you're doing daydreams for you and all of that. But most of its job is just to go like, how am I? Have you ever had a conversation where like you were at a party or something and then you like ended up ruminating on like some interchange you exchange you had with somebody and like, was I like cool or not? Or like, was that okay? Did I embarrass myself? Right. Not too much. Did I take over the conversation? Totally. That is your default mode network at work. Okay. So what happens if you put a high five into your default mode network? I might just blow my mind. You might just blow your mind. So what you can do. Like that would mess with the the dialogue that says things like, why the heck did you, you're so, why would you, it's going to mess with that. It messes with it. And we want to do that because what you can do is support yourself to do hard things. And so, and even if you are in like the most freaking depressed place, get up, go to the mirror and high five yourself because you can do hard things. You can do hard things. I love that quote. So yeah, that's Glennon Doyle, by the way. I, mm-hmm. she, I stole that one from her. So she, so this lady says this thing. And I, I love that she did. She has a huge following. Thank God she's spreading the word about this thing, but I heard it and went, Oh my gosh, guys, we have, we have to get people to high five themselves in the mirror because it turns out everybody has a mirror face. So there's another Harvard study that 
found out that people have this mirror face where they look at themselves in the mirror and they shift their face really fast in like a little microsecond to look less bad, which means the second we do it in zoom too, by the way, totally. So the second Mm. you look at yourself in the mirror, you already know there's something I don't like about me, but then you match that with a high five and you just exploded your mind. What? Those two can't exist simultaneously. Totally. And I have been doing it now for about four months and I got to tell you, it's good rain. So I got to tell you what I'm doing. My river. I'm I'm trying super hard, but I keep forgetting in the morning. So I'm going (laughs) to bed with my high fives. I love it. Do it then too. I remember, like, I'm, I'm like, oh, I forgot my high five again. All right, do it now. It's cool. It doesn't have to be in the morning. It doesn't so, have to be in the morning. Whenever we remember. I just set a yeah. reminder in my phone to do it. Well, I set a reminder, an alarm in my phone for Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday morning at seven o'clock in the morning. So I love it. I love it. We yeah, it could now, just be I that you too. walked by a mirror and you went like that. Now, one of two things is going to happen when you do this. You're either going to laugh and feel really silly or you're going to hate it. And if you hate it, loves you really need this ring so here's our challenge to you Mm. create a high five habit high five yourself every day set a reminder on your phone all right take care of each other best you can guys bye bye see you next week that wraps up this week's episode join us again next week for another why does my partner we hope that you continue to listen wherever you get your audio and that you'll follow the show to go deeper join us at our boot camp you'll find the next date at whydoesmypartner.com did you know you could ask us your question your questions are relational gold go to whydoesmypartner.com to either write in or record your question for a future episode We want to tell you more about our sponsor, Therapy Wisdom. Jules is one of their amazing educators, and you can also find teachers like Janina Fisher, Bessel van der Kolk, Deidre Fay, and Akila Riley Richardson, plus a bunch of people you might not have heard of, but will definitely want to start following once you take their courses. And because you listen to us, the Therapy Wisdom team is offering a secret code to give you free access to one of my one-hour wise conversations. Use the code W-D-M-P at checkout. If you're a licensed therapist, coach, healer, or someone who's invested in doing the deep work of personal healing and want to learn about topics like neurobiology, supporting trauma healing, incorporating intersectionality and somatic work, then this is the place for you. Discover some of the most heart-led and quality courses available in a community of people who are invested in spiritual growth, equity, inclusion, and developing expert-level clinical skill. Visit therapywisdom.com or click the link in the show notes and use the WDMP discount code. Thanks, Therapy Wisdom. We love you.